a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And so it begins by Paul saying this. What I mean is this. The one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. And the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, he scattered everywhere, gave to the needy, his righteousness remains forever. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it is also multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will honor, they will give honor to God for your obedience, your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience and because of your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone. They will also pray for you. They will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thank God for his gift that words cannot describe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be alive, to be awake, to be here, to sing and praise and offer our prayers. And we come with many things on our hearts, many things on our minds. Help us to hear your word. Your word always meets us where we are. So may your word be heard for what I say in spite of me. And may your word be what we hear in spite of ourselves. Help us to take your word, to embody it, to live it. Lord, may all that is said and heard and embodied, may it be pleasing and acceptable to you. You alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So we finished our Enough series last week, which was all about stewardship and how we have a relationship with all of our resources, the many different kinds of resources we have, but we're going to begin a new series today, and it's all on gratitude. It's called With Grateful Hearts, because that's how we were created to be and to live, with grateful hearts, although sometimes it's hard to maintain an attitude of gratitude. Amen? And so what we're going to do today is walk through Paul's letter a bit to show how it was speaking to the church in Corinth so that it can then speak to us. And so we're also celebrating All Saints Day. And if you don't know what that is, um, the reason there's Halloween is it's actually All Hallows' Eve, and the next day is All Saints' Day. And so All Saints is when we look back to all of the people in our lives, particularly uh, as a church, we look back to the people of the church who have walked before us, who have led the way, who have made commitments and made mistakes, but then also received forgiveness and love and 
ran that race ahead of us. And so we're going to lift up two people in particular that were members of the church that have transitioned over the last year. But we also remember all the people that we have in our lives. And I want us to approach this as we would a map, if, if you will. If you ever go to a, a mall or to an amusement park and you suddenly realize you don't know where you're at, you know where you want to go, but you don't know how to get there, you find a map, and the map gives you this, this overview. It's like stepping back, way back, to see everything from a higher perspective, and there's usually an arrow that says you were here, and then it helps you see where you want to go, and you can kind of map it out. All Saints Day is a way for us to step out of the craziness and busyness of our lives that sometimes can overwhelm us, and to step back and look at the grand picture that God has been creating since the beginning, the grand purpose for all people and things, so that we can realize where we are, from where we've come, through whom we've come, to help us find our way forward. And so we're going to step out a little bit. So Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, the saints, if you will, and he's talking about saints that are also in Jerusalem, okay? Um, Jesus was Jewish, you all know that, yeah? And uh, it was a Jewish group that began to follow him in, in this new way of understanding the Jewish God and Jewish way. But at some point, what was happening, what they were doing as a part of this new covenant began to separate or be separated from the old way to the point where the Jews in the synagogue in some areas were expelling and, and putting at arm's length and telling this Jesus followers to go. You're not part of us anymore. You're something different. Eventually that became the Christians and the church, um, but it has these Jewish roots. But what happened in Jerusalem, the capital of the Jewish people, is there were faithful Jews who followed Jesus there and were suddenly almost like disenfranchised and were no longer part of the culture and the flow. Uh, taxes were raised and gifts were given, alms were collected to help the people, but suddenly they found themselves not being the people according to the people holding the money. And so there was a whole group of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem that were struggling, not only with trying to find food, and, but also dealing with persecution. And so Paul has been spending a few chapters prior in 2 Corinthians asking the church to give for a collection that he's going around so that he can gather up and take to Jerusalem and give to the saints. And so he's been talking to them about why they should give and all that's happening. But Paul then, in our reading today, takes a step back to not only talk about the details of what's going on in their life and the life of the saints, but to step back and look at God's grand plan and to explain to them they were made for gratitude and made for generosity, and these things go hand in hand. So he does something pretty brilliant. We don't really see it, maybe, in our scripture. If you have a study Bible, you might. He quotes Proverbs 22. Now, the church in Corinth, they knew their Bible. So Paul will quote a verse and know that they're going to be picturing the whole chunk. He only needs to give a few words, and they're right there. So Proverbs 22 is in the book of Wisdom, in the Old Testament, it's what we call it, and there's a portrait basically given of a wise, God-fearing person who is generous with their things, gives as God gives. And they are a good member of the people of God because what they've made their focus on is not on what they want. They have made their focus on bearing the good name, a good reputation. What happens is when we say yes to God and become part of the people, we have one Father, Amen? Only one, and that one Father of all of us is God. 
We now bear the name of God. There's even a commandment that says you shouldn't bear or carry or take that name in vain. It has nothing to do with cursing. What it has to do with is if you say that I'm a member of the family of God, that you live according to that way. Working to honor that reputation and to honor the name above all else. That's what that means. So in this case, Paul is pointing out that God is generous. And so the church should be generous. He goes on to quote Psalm 112. It celebrates God's righteousness. It's a fun church word, isn't it? Sometimes we kind of sneer at it because we think of words like self-righteous and these kinds of ways that we use this word. What righteousness refers to is justice in God's eyes. Things being right and just as God would have them. God, as the psalm celebrates, would have us be a part of the family. And God has done a great amount of work to make us part of the family. God has been faithful to God's people since the people came to be. Have they been faithful to God always? Are you faithful to God always? Is God still faithful to you? This is righteousness. God's faithfulness to us. And Paul is pointing this out because if we remember what God does for us, then we can remember that we have received all of this as a gift. Your faith is a gift. It was given to you. None of us were born Christians. Now we use the term born again. But originally, none of us were born of people of faith. It's been given to us. And we honor the saints as we think about those in our lives that gave it to us, through whom God worked. And we remember that God was righteous to us. And in turn, we want to be righteous to God. And then he goes on to quote Isaiah 55. Paul packs a lot in, doesn't he? You better do your homework if you're going to read one of his letters. Isaiah 55 is from the prophet who's writing about the suffering servant. Now, when Isaiah wrote this, he wasn't talking about a person. He was talking about a people, Israel, God's people, God's representative, living according to God's way, and through that, a new world being made through a whole new covenant. Did the people ever faithfully embody that fully? Jesus came and became the perfect Israel, embodied, and lived according to the way he was supposed to, as God's way. And then Jesus' body was broken, was killed, it was raised, and then the body became us. We are the body. And we are to now live the way that God has called us to live. It's the idea that Paul's bringing in, and he says the word of God, this is in Isaiah that he's referencing. The word of God will come down upon us like the rain. It will be present in our lives in abundance as needed. Have you experienced the word of God in your life? Anything that just led you to God and understand a bit of truth where you could back out a little bit and see the grand scheme of life and realize you had a part in it? The day of the Lord has come. God's good news has been coming. Amen? So Paul is helping them remember the big picture and that they're a part of God's plan as it's being brought forth into fruition through Christ and through the church. And he's telling them all this so that they will get their lives in proper order. If you're like me, then sometimes I have myself first. I want to have God first. But when I really think about it, I, I usually put myself first. Is anybody with me on this? And then maybe we'll put God, right? And then we'll have family. And then we'll have friends. And then we'll have people that we know 
and then maybe people we don't know, and then maybe people that look different than us or think different than us or vote different than us, right? They're, they're a little further down. Amen? This is a human condition. What happens when we remember the big picture is everything comes into right order. God is first. And we and everyone else are all one, as God would have it. So, remembering the story of our people helps us remember ourselves into the people. God gives to us so that we can live in gratitude and be generous with the gifts that we are given. In turn, when we give, then other people receive and are grateful, and then they become generous, and then other people, and so on and so forth, and here we are. I don't even know how many generations of gratitude and generosity we have, we have known that's gone before us. A lot. A lot. And we're invited into that flow. When we reorder our lives to God's work, uh, we realize that gratitude and generosity go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. It's impossible. So we look back to the saints of our lives, whoever they are, those who gave to us generously, those who committed themselves to this larger story, those who gave of their time. They gave their time to you. They gave of their talent to you. They gave of their treasure to you. And they gave of their testimony to you. And those who worked to spread the gospel, those who embodied the word to become a representative of the people, it's because they remembered and they remembered themselves. They trusted God. They lived in gratitude. If you think about it, us being here is no accident. It's impossible. Somebody made a choice that led to you being here. Maybe someone said something. Maybe someone, when you walked in the doors, showed you that there's a lot of love here and you want to be a part of that. It's because people chose to love. They chose to love because someone else did before them and, and those people because someone else did before them. On and on it goes back to God. The saints who have gone before us made a choice to live into this flow, to this larger plan. They kept their eyes open that they could see and not become distracted by the little things that pull us off our path. God gives to us freely and abundantly that we might see and through the flow we come into right relationship with God and everybody else. Are we there yet? Are we moving in the right direction? Okay. Now, you have a choice too. You can continue moving in this direction or you can make the other choice, which is to reject the flow. And maybe you've been there before. When you hoard and cut yourself off from others, you decide this is mine and it's not yours. Or when you make life about ourselves and all of our choices, when we work for the sake of accumulating more and more and we sacrifice our reputation, or we even sacrifice God's reputation, when we close our eyes to the miraculous work God has done and say, no one's helped me, no one's made a choice, no one's impacted my life, or when we refuse to come to that table because of some of the people that might come too, when we make it all about me. We know where that life takes us. Amen? We've been there. It's miserable. It's the opposite of a life you'd have gratitude for. 
We were made for gratitude. That's why it's miserable. It's not how we're geared to work. So I invite you to regularly step out and look at the big picture. When you get up in the morning, thank God. Thanks for waking me up because not everybody got to do that. Thanks for giving me breath. Thanks for a warm bed. Thanks for a person that I can call and share the day with at some point. Thank you for food. Thank you for the many, many gifts that go on and on. And then pray to God and thank God for the names of the people who have blessed you, who have been a saint for you. Look back upon the loved ones that you have that you're thinking of right now, the loved ones you miss, the loved ones you would do anything to just be with again because of how much they gave you so generously. And thank God for them. And by looking back and thinking of all that's been done for us, then we turn and we look forward and say, God, what would you have me do? How can I be a saint for you this day? All my stuff is yours anyway. It's breath, body. Paul invited the church in Corinth to remember who they are in the story so that they could intentionally remember themselves into the body. The Holy Spirit ignites your hearts to remember so that you can remember. And all of the saints that are behind us, we're grateful to them and they cheer us on from heaven. Amen? The Holy Spirit leads us into this remembering ourselves into the ongoing work that God has been a part of since the beginning of creation. All, as Paul says, so that we might be grateful. And through our gratitude comes others' gratitude. So as we enter into a time of prayer, and we're, we're going to enter into a time of confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation, and love, and we're going to give our offerings, and we're going to receive the bread and the cup, I invite you to remember those who are part of your story. And then I invite you as you accept, if you choose to, the bread and the cup to remember yourself into the body. Because when we take of that cup and bread, on this day especially, we acknowledge that there's only ever been one loaf from which anyone has ever taken from. And we share that every time when we commune, the communion of saints. We share the loaf with those from before us. We share that loaf with the disciples the night Jesus died. We remember ourselves to the whole thing. Mm -hmm.